We're back. You're back. I'm back. Second downs back in studio after a wonderful week at the College Football Hall of Fame. I love spending time, PJ, with a lot of people that I talk to them and I hear their voices a lot, but I don't inherently get to see them in person a ton. So it's always cool to go back, catch up with some people uh, that do us huge favors throughout the year, coming on here, giving us good content. Always great catching up. But that being said, it's just it's good to be home. No, I can imagine. Yeah. It's always great to come back, you know. Like you said, I think that is uh, one of the coolest things about SEC Media Days and, and whatnot is uh, being able to, for, for you guys to be able to see and, and catch up with all those people that, you know, like you said, you see them on TV, you hear their voices and whatnot, they, they come on and, and, you know, we always they always have a great time. Right. But, you know, be able to give back a little bit, it, you know, obviously meet them and uh, do, you know, just hang out and talk a little bit and obviously do a lot of work there. Uh, as well, but I saw someone say, uh, I believe it was uh, might have been Lindsey Golf. It's just kind of like a, a a reunion. Um, it's just like a SEC reunion, yeah. not only for you know, the coaches and uh, but especially just all the media to be able to be there in one place. So it's interesting, right? Because it's at the College Football Hall of Fame, which is awesome. But I guess if you haven't been to the hall, try to picture this: you walk into a door, and there's kind of a little narrow hallway, very nice. And you look up, and there's just this giant helmet wall with all the helmets from college football on it. Really cool. And then behind it are a couple of staircases. You look to your right. There's big glass windows. Behind the glass is a football field that you can go on, and it's interactive, and you can you can be a part of the game. When you walk up the stairs, there is a circular pathway around that field, right? And in there are a bunch of different displays throughout the history of college football. So a really cool, a really cool event. So the setup at Media Days was if you walk in, look at the helmet wall, look to the right in front of the glass display and football field was where all of the SEC radio, I guess is the best way to put it, was set up. And a lot of the SEC live hits were set up. So Feinbaum did his show there day one, right? Uh, anytime you would see like a David Pollock or someone sitting in a chair with the people behind him, they were set up there, and then inside the glass enclosure to the right was where you had the SEC network set up where you're doing all of your live shows and stuff like that from in there. And then upstairs around the pavilion on the right side was Marty and McGee doing their thing, and then there was Radio Row. There you go. All of us hooligans There you go. up there on Radio Row. I say all that to say this. The College Football Hall of Fame is wonderful. I feel bad for anybody who had to go there for just one day. Like, if you were a beat reporter or a local journalist and you got sent up there for one day, it had to be hell. And I'm not saying it's the College Football Hall of Fame's fault, but because of the way it was set up, right, not an overly huge building, and so it's connected to the Omni, the hotel in Atlanta, really mm-hmm. nice, but you had to walk through, like, some security doors, through a hallway that connects the two buildings, and then over to the Omni to do the uh, individual interviews, the coaches' interviews where they uh, were talking. It's like the electronic media is where they talked. So just not them giving their spiel and then taking a couple questions. That was really the time where if you wanted to ask a coach a question, you could ask him. So it was a hall over there. And if you didn't know, hall in a hall. Uh, yeah, so you if, you, if you didn't know where it was, it was tough, and you kind of had to run back and forth because the coach would speak in the main media, and then he'd go over there, but sometimes they'd switch it up, and then the players would be over there. So I I feel bad for any 
like local journalist who was just responsible for one team. My whole job up there was just content. Like, yeah, hey, get on Radio Row, all the people that are around there, try to get as many of them as you can. Like, my biggest goal for the week was obviously try to get as many cool interviews as possible. As the people in mind, I wanted to get like one radio person from each team on. We pretty much did that. Uh, and then I wanted the Georgia players. Of course. Right. I wanted I wanted Stetson and Nolan and Cedric Van Pran. We got Nolan Smith. And I'm not complaining about it because the general consensus from Claude Felton and them boys at Georgia was the mailman is not hitting Radio Row. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was telling Kevin this. Cedric Van Pran walked in, signing autographs. Right. Uh, Nolan Smith comes in, taking pictures, signing autographs. Spent like five, six minutes out there with the fans. Really cool. Mailman came in. He said, "I'm sorry, guys. Just like straight to, <laughs> to the interviews. Yeah, because right. but he just they. I, it's the SID's job to protect the players. Of course. And yeah, everyone loves a center. Who doesn't love a center? You're not going to ask a center as many questions mm-hmm. as you are the starting quarterback at Georgia, right? right. Everyone loves a rush end. You're not going to ask Nolan Smith as many questions as you're going to ask Stetson Bennett. So they did a good job protecting him. But basically, I was like, man, it's a successful week if we just have wall to wall interviews throughout the week and." We get a Georgia player, and we got Nolan, and he was awesome. Yeah, so yeah. that was that Absolutely. was cool. It was a cool event. But that being said, it took me all of day one to kind of figure out how everything was working. Right, because I was not there the last time Media Days was at the Hall of Fame, and they did not have a radio row there the last time it was at the Hall of Fame. So this is the first time, and so it was day two, feet were wet, knew how everything was working, easy money, and then day three was Georgia Day, cool. Yeah. If you had to come there and like your first experience was just kind of looking around and like, okay, I got to get here and this guy's where here and then what? Okay, right. 1030 and then 1045, right. they're doing what? Whew. Then you're Buddy. finally, like you said, you finally are, are figuring out and really getting in your groove and then boom, you got to go back to wherever you're from. Yeah. Right. You got to go back to, to the office or whatever. No, that'd be rough, man. Especially like, I don't know, just how you're describing it as well. Um, if you're not only just like, if you're not just a journalist, but if you are part of the radio or something like that. Yeah. Having to come in, bring all your stuff, uh, just haul all your stuff through all those different, um, you know, obstructions and whatnot to getting where you need to just set up. Like we we all know how how difficult and annoying that can be. Just yeah. uh, taking equipment from one place to the other when it's not complicated, yeah. right? And so, no oh man, I, I can imagine. But all in all, like you said, it a very successful week from from your end as well being able to get a bunch of people and whatnot nolan smith always well i guess the success, a good I guess guy to the talk success to. lies in the experience of the listeners and i hope i hope y'all enjoyed last week because well, sure we do it for y'all do we yeah hell yeah no, i'm just kidding I'm no just kidding. i, I wanted on, i my whole thought process and all of that and that's kind of what i was thinking the whole time was of course what's enjoyable for the listeners mm-hmm. and that's that's who i was trying to grab those are the people we were trying to interview and i thought i thought we did a pretty dang good job uh, the news coming out of SEC Media Days, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. Listen, this is my first show back since Media Days. I haven't got to react like you guys did. Uh, oh, Kirby, for sure. I mean, you, you bet. Interview, interview, yeah. interview, interview. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, let's well, go. Kirby Smart up there playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. True. How about that move? Like always. Like, hey, I'm going to come in there on Wednesday. I'm going to give my spiel. Uh, I'm going to talk about some NIL. I'm going to talk about some guardrails. Uh, we're going to talk about some football. I'm going to say the mailman is disrespected. I'm going to get up out of there. Just uh, ride uh, Kirby Smart with the loudest motorcade. Nick Saban had the biggest in terms of like police presence. Kirby Smart with the loudest. That was a whoop, whoop. Like, oh, yeah, they were letting <laughs> people know the, the head man was coming out. But he's going to get out of there, head back up to Athens. Easy day for him. Then the next day, the day after, when 
Auburn, Tennessee, Texas A&M are supposed to be there. Oh, I'm just going to drop on you, by the way, when I'm not here to be interviewed, that I just became probably the richest man in college football. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't know about some coaches' salaries, certain coaches' salaries, but probably the richest man in college football. Most likely. As I mean, you look at what he's done just over the course of being in Georgia, coming off a national championship, why not? Certainly deserves it. But like you said, good time for it as well. I've heard a lot of people, and I do want to talk about this. I've heard a lot of people talking about the salary and saying, how much are we paying these college coaches now? This is ridiculous. Why are we spending this much money on a college coach? I know I've said it a thousand times on this show, but it's a good basis for the conversation we're having. Jerry Jones, who is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, has said many times college coaches deserve to be paid more than NFL coaches, and I think that is so damn true. Let's look at a number of reasons. If we're just talking about the job itself, an NFL coach's job is evaluating the talent that you have, not even really manage the salary cap because you have a GM for that, evaluate the talent you have, and then be a just a football nerd, right? More so than college where you have to be a developer of men, right? You have to bring these players in who are 17, 18 years old, bring them in, develop them, feed them, keep them out of trouble, keep them on the straight and narrow, and get them to the field on Saturday as the best version of themselves after you have spent multiple years recruiting them and selling them on your university, flying thousands of miles to their hometowns to try to convince them to come to your school. You have to develop them, feed them, make sure they're going to class, get them on the practice field, and then coach them up during the games. Whereas an NFL coach, contract negotiations, you get to pick who you want in the draft, and then it's just about being the guy who has the scheme that's different enough and better enough to go out there and win games on Sundays with a really slim margin. Mm-hmm. right? It's a excruciatingly anxiety-riddled job, but it is nowhere near the work right. of being a college coach. And so, given that example, right? Uh, God, what's the dude's name at the Dallas Cowboys head coach? Used to be with Green Bay. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, thank yeah. you. I believe he's making like $4 million a year. Right. Kirby Smart, by the Somewhere end of the bad boys, can make about twelve. Sure. And yeah. like, I think... Bill Belichick's the only NFL coach who's going to make more than Kirby Smart. Makes sense. I think Sean McVay's around 10 or 11. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, again, coaching in California. Yeah, he's, he's not seen a lot that of that. bad boy back down. Sure. So it makes sense that his is that high and also Super Bowl champ. But, it again, helps. based on the work and then based off of the return. Yep. It doesn't matter who the head coach is for the Falcons. They're getting that cut. Of the NFL, and we've talked mm-hmm. about this before. Yeah. Even the merchandise goes into a pool that's redistributed. Right. Right. It's not like people are like, hey, support the Jaguars, buy Jaguar stuff. That doesn't matter. Right. Because it's just going to be an NFL collective pool that gets distributed to all 32 teams. Really, all, all you should say is buy NFL stuff yeah. because that, that's what you're doing. I think the only yeah. things that like really are individualized are ticket sales and like like parking. Right. And like concessions and all that. Yeah. But all that other stuff is into a pool. So when the TV negotiate or when the NFL negotiates TV deals, it doesn't matter who the Falcons have as their head coach, they're getting paid. Yep. When you're looking at these universities, I guarantee you a big part of what went into the final number of what they're paying Kirby Smart is, what's this doing for our enrollment? Mm-hmm. And Georgia has seen a pretty drastic rise in enrollment that kind of coincides with to some people out there in their car, like, come on, man, people aren't going to a school because the football team's good, you're out of your mind if you think that's not the case. Right. There's a reason why since the, the dawn of the 20th century, they've spent so much money on this. 
it's because it is the front porch of the university. Mm-hmm. Where, like a lot of people listening to the car, where was the first time that you heard about most of these schools? Football. College football. Yep. Right. So it is 1,000%. You want to be top of mind. You want every kid in the state of Georgia to go to your school and a lot of kids from outside the state, top of mind. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think it's worth every penny. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I mean, that's the funny thing. That's the crazy thing I think about college football just in general and college football coaches is if you just base it off the job description, uh, that that's enough to I feel like that's enough to to warrant you know how much some of them yeah. are paid, especially the successful ones. There's so much more extra, like other than the job description, the strict job description uh, that the what they get. Okay, whatever that, that <laughs> what they go into and uh, what they have to do. And like you said, uh, that that's one of the first places my mind went to as we talked about uh, just the values of college football teams, college football programs, and. Um, brands and and what they've meant, well, also what they mean to each university as well, the percentage base of of how much money they're bringing in as compared to the rest of the sports for each university, especially the successful ones, it's an insane amount. Talk about uh, college football is like the breadwinner of of every university, right? So, I mean, being the head of that, being the head of, of that, you know, monster or body, whatever you want to talk about, it obviously deserves yeah. you know, to me to, to get so some of that more. back. He's right? so, so much more than the head coach. This does not mean like, hey, Kirby Box standing here. It's just telling you like what kind of job he has to do and like sure. why Nick Saban makes so much money, why Kirby's smart. Arthur Smith doesn't have to go and present to a board for new facilities, mm-hmm. right? Kirby Smart, when he got to Georgia, they did not have an indoor practice facility. And if somebody's like, oh, they did that 20 yards of turf, as I was kind of like a display thing, it's not an indoor practice facility. Right. Right. Completely updating weight rooms, locker rooms, all that kind of stuff. A lot of it that I get, you have to have, and it's better than most NFL teams, and you have to have it because you can't go out there and draft players. You have to c- convince them to come to your school. And Kirby Smart said it time and time again, only thing that matters in terms of winning in college football is recruiting. Yep. And then when you talk about how are these assistant coaches making this much money? Uh, I think it's directly correlated to how much money football is bringing in. And George is playing in this kickoff classic. Uh, we heard from Gary Stoken uh, from the Peach Bowl Incorporated how much money that these teams are making. I think $10 million each Yeah, for this kickoff game, right? which is incredible. Right? So it's the money's there. It makes sense. I know it seems astronomical, but I remember when Ben Roethlisberger became the first $100 million quarterback. NFL history, and everyone's like, that is just ungodly. It's like, no, it's just it's what the market dictates. Yeah. And so it it, it is what it is, and we're just going to see it keep going up and up and up after that. Also, I think because Kirby Smart got a raise, that means Nick Saban gets a raise. I think he's got that clause in his contract in there. So, hey, congrats to Nick Saban Wouldn't as well. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> PJ, do you see who the hero of the Big Ten is right now in terms of player championing? 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 Champ- yeah, say it for me. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, I, Tongue twisters. Th- listen, uh, that's that's me literally all day. He's the like, player's yeah, I mean, champion. Everyone hears it. I, I do don't know. Who, do you see who it is? No, not really. I don't. You want to guess? It, please not Sean Clifford. It's your boy Sean Clifford. Why? Yeah, he's leading up the player representatives for the Big Ten meetings. Well, he's got to lead something So because wow. it's not the football team. Well, I wanted to talk about it because I think it's interesting, <laughs> and I think it also presents a unique uh, problem that – is in college sports. So Sean Clifford's there, uh, and he's he's speaking to Mario. Leave me alone. 
text and then make it fun of how I speak. Uh, Listen, he just he finally got you on one because no, like, uh, again, like that's 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 me all day. No, man. okay, I, so Sean Clifford. I, tongue twisters are my thing. I'm trying to give Sean Clifford props, and you won't let me. No, exactly. That's my job here. Sean Clifford and other player <laughs> reps are meeting with Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, and they they have some productive conversations uh, about how they can get players more benefits. And I know a lot of people wins when they hear that, but it's just the reality. Uh, and it hasn't quite become a player's union and a CBA, but I think it's leaning that way. Because mm. the way they're saying is it's not demands right now, it's conversations about. And the conversations they're having right now, one of the biggest ones is healthcare for the student athletes once they leave school. And this isn't like the VA or something like that where, hey, I played college football, so you cover my health insurance forever. It's right. health insurance related to injuries sustained while a student athlete in the Big Ten. Okay. And so if yeah. you, you tear an ACL and you have to have constant knee reconstruction after you leave school, Big Ten's going to provide a health insurance for that. They haven't announced that yet, but that's one of the things they're working towards. But I think the big one that they're talking about right now is is basically a CBA, which would be revenue sharing from TV contracts. And the more I started thinking about that, the more <laughs> I'm like, you know what? This could make a lot of sense. And if you are the conferences, and I'm not going to say the NCAA because I don't know how involved they are, but if you're the conferences and the leading bodies of college football, if you say, okay, a fair way to do this is, yeah, we're going to give you some of this money, it's not going to be a lot. Like, we'll give you maybe 10 to 20%, theoretically, of what the TV revenue is. Distributed just how we distribute to schools. And it's going to be split evenly through all athletics. Or okay. we're just going to give you, as a governing body, as a union, this lump sum, distribute as you please. Right. Because you know what problem that presents? When Sean Clifford and the football players are going, well, I mean, football yeah. makes the most money. It makes the most, yeah. Because we are the most valuable. It's like, as the institutions, you have now put that problem on the players. Yeah. And you know what other problem is there? Those players are there for three to five years. Right. They're, they're, yeah. So if that's going to become a long, drawn-out battle, mm-hmm. not my problem. That's on the students. And so they've, they've spoken about having kind of a player rep that's paid for by each university. It wouldn't be overly expensive. What, 80 to 100 grand a year for a player rep that would be responsible for staying at the schools and representing that, those teams? I think that's a fascinating conversation because it became before it was how is the NCAA going to decide who gets paid the most? CBA, here's the money that you collectively bargained for, distribute it. Yeah. And when volleyball gets pissed at football because football wants to take 70% of the money and distribute it between them and give 30% to the rest of the schools, you have a situation. Yeah, a little bit of one. I find that fascinating. Yeah, and I think very it much so. A, a, and who figures that out? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. That's uh, that that is that is insanely interesting because obviously I mean like just cold hard facts, cold hard numbers, right? It's like the the football players, the football group, it would I mean, have would have certainly a pretty good argument for that. And this know? may change in the future. And I would hear arguments from these sports that say no, the ESPN doesn't just pay for SEC football. ESPN broadcasts softball and baseball and a ton of other sports. Mm-hmm. So because we're part of this TV deal, we should get equal splits. If you want to go back to how much money they're actually bringing in, the only profitable sports were 
football, some men's basketball, like a couple of baseball teams, and I believe one women's basketball team. Yeah. No, it's, it's very few. It, like, again, if I'm remembering our conversation correctly. Even with men's basketball, it was it was very, it was like very slim, few and far it was like between. slender margin, yeah. yeah. I think it was like between 5 and 10 different They're men's actually basketball programs. actually profitable at the end of the year. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about actual money to, coming in, like that, that's that's a huge conversation, and could be uh, obviously going to be would be a huge difference. But I do think in it's how a much way, each player is getting. I do think it's an interesting way to put the kind of paying players conversation to rest. So you don't have to sign yeah. into a contract, right? You you don't have to go out there and negotiate with each individual player. It's here's the amount of money. There's five thousand student athletes here in the conference. Uh, that's just a number I threw out there. But there's 5,000 student-athletes. Split it up individually, or y'all decide how you want to split it up. Right. Uh, no, I think that's a... And now, a, all of a sudden, you're paying players. Yeah. Enjoy. Well, I think that's a, one of the really good ways to that, that could be possible to get it done. It's like, all right, because that's always been one of the hurdles of you want to talk about, you know, college players wanting to be paid and everything like yeah. that. As Okay, where's that money coming from exactly? Where do we take that? And where, you know, how do we just give you a certain amount of money. Yeah. Well, let's go back to what I just said, or what we just said. Where is that money coming from? All right, let's figure out how we can distribute some of that money instead of saying, okay, give me a salary, oh, right? Make, yeah, and make no mistake about it. If the Big Ten's pulling in, what, $10 billion over 10 years, so a billion dollar a year from TV contracts, or what, like whatever you want to call it. Again, these are just nice round numbers that I'm trying to put out there. Sure. If you're having to give $100 million of that, to these student athletes, all of a sudden the Big Ten's contract is going to be 1.1 billion a year. Yeah, they're not going to take this money. Yeah. No, and you know, listen, Fox, ESPN, y'all just got to cover it. Yep, appreciate you. Yeah, no, pr- precisely because you know, I mean, I don't think ESPN or Fox is saying, "Oh man, you you want to go up, you know, 0.1 million dollars or whatever." Yeah. Uh, yeah, never mind. We're gonna we're gonna let you go to whoever else. Nah, nah. yeah. They got the money. They're going to throw it around a little bit. Speaking of TV, we have some <laughs> NFL news to dive into when we come back. Uh, NFL getting into the streaming services. How does it affect you and your viewing? We'll tell you next. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel hanging out with PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all with us here on this Monday afternoon. PJ, the NFL has their own streaming service now. And this is an exciting development. First off, though, I want you to do your best PJ Zuko masterminding here. Okay, all right. Sitting in the boardroom, think tanking, brainstorming. Hey, we're the NFL. We're big. We're a leader in innovation a lot of times in sports. We need a name for our streaming service. Oh, no. Okay. What is the big creative name that the NFL has come up for or come up with for their streaming service? Oh, it's probably like, something. Like, if you're asking me, it's it's probably incredibly lame. Like, uh, do something I, that's gonna, just going to blow your mind. Never just, heard of it before. It's just an NFL streaming service. Right. Okay, so. It's going to offer access to live, out-of-market preseason games is the first part. Live local and primetime regular season and postseason games. Oh, man. How about that? With the um, streaming service. That's the interesting, though, too, is there's so many different NFL names that are like already trademarked and copyrighted. This is really so, creative. 
Well, it's probably not. It's probably something like NFL streaming or something. No, not quite. It's, it's, a, it's a little cooler than that. Oh, okay. Um, NFL Live streaming. No, NFL Live is the show. <laughs> well, that, see, that's the NFL thing. Is like, that's why I threw streaming the streaming on the end the of it. Streaming is not in the name. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. Um, super cool, super creative. Definitely no one else has, has done this before. See, that's the thing is you're saying all these things, and that's definitely sarcastic. thousand percent. <laughs> Uh, man, I don't know. Um, how about NFL Plus? Oh, come on. <laughs> you just didn't want to believe it. I just, it wasn't even my, on my register because I was trying to think of something like interactive, like something that was, no. that was involved with the game no. of football, right? Like, like, like NFL Red Zone, right? I feel like that's a, that's a really good name. It's simple. It's to the point. Everyone knows what it is. But it's also, it was just standalone by itself, and you didn't know what it was. NFL Red Zone is, is, a, pretty cool, is a pretty cool name, just all in all, right? Yep. So, I don't know. I was thinking some, some along those lines. But then, you know, I figured if you were asking me, that it was probably lame. So that's why that's I was going to, to the more simple ones like NFL Streaming because... Man, that's the, the more people get creative, it seems like the, the more we uh, walk back a little bit and become so, okay, simple. Well, and, well, I guess the best way is how does this ex- how does this change things for you? Well, it's it's kind of a two tier approach, right? So, the, NFL so, Plus Sunday Ticket is still a thing with Directv for this year, but Directv has kind of been priced out of the new contract negotiations that are going on. It's looking like it's going to be like Hulu or Amazon Prime. Coming up after that, which is going to carry this. So, Sunday ticket is still your I want all the out of market games mm-hmm. thing that you have to buy. It sucks, but it is what it is. What NFL Plus is, you're going to be able to watch your local games on your phone, tablet, or stream them to your TV. So just simply your your right. local so games. So if you're if you're a cord cutter, how this is big is from what I am reading in this release. I can, for five ninety nine a month, pay the NFL, get all those out-of-market preseason games, which yeah. is sick. But during the season, depending on what they decide to do this year, uh, I know we have people listening all over South Georgia. So, Savannah, I know you're going to be Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, I guess, when they draw the markets, you're going to be an Atlanta market. Brunswick, I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't seen... This year's and Waycross, I believe, is always Atlanta. But I, I don't know what's going to happen for Brunswick because if you're a person who lives in Brunswick, I've heard multiple different stories. You could be like on one block and your IP address has you in Hinesville, so you're yeah. getting Atlanta True. as your local, but you're like, I'm in Brunswick. They're not my local, right. so I'm blacked out. Can't watch them on TV because Jacksonville's coming on my TV. Can't watch them on Sunday Ticket because it's coming through as me being in Hinesville, which is blacking me out from watching a local game on Sunday ticket. Right. Right. So you'll be able to watch your local game. I'm hoping and praying for my folks in Brunswick. If you're Falcons fans, that's Falcons. If it's Jaguars, I'm praying those Jaguars for you, you know? Sure, yeah. We're shooting off hope, it, hope you get what you want. But, yeah, I hope it works out great for you. But you'll be able to, on your phone, say it's the Falcons for everybody. Sure, yeah. Be out and about with the fam. Pull it up on your phone. You can watch the Falcons on your phone, something you haven't been able to do before. Right, right, kind of blacks you out. But what I think also is big in there is you have to watch all the primetime games on your phone. So once 4.30 okay. rolls around, yeah. it's technically considered primetime for for the NFL, you'll be able to watch the 4.30 games, and then you'll be able to watch the night games on NFL+, Plus, which I think is really big. There's also a premium 
which I believe takes it from like five ninety nine to eight ninety nine a month, and with that you get Game Pass. So all the features of NFL Plus, full game replays, ad free, condensed game replays, coaches film all twenty two. That's what I'm amped about. Yeah, no, that's where you're going to be yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that helps my job so much. They've had this before back with different services they provided. They're finally bringing all 22 back, which yeah. I think is going to be huge for anybody that covers the sport. Sure. No, that's a, that's incredible. So, again, live local and primetime games on mobile and tablet devices, live out-of-market preseason games across all devices, live game audio, home away, national calls, for every game of the season, that's awesome. Yeah, like you'll be able to listen to the games wherever you go. Uh, NFL library programming on demand. They just want you to watch their in-house stuff and right. all of that for five bucks a month. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. I I will say one of the things we kind of skimmed over there really quick, uh, but that does have a lot of possibility to me is that four thirty slot being considered prime time, yeah. right? And being able to because a lot of the times with that, right? Like as always, you get your local games and then even with the 4:30 slot, a lot of times there's there's three or four different prime time games yep. right there, but you still only get one, right? On on your TV on your local stations if if you get one. Sometimes you don't. But normally you only get one and if that's considered a, a prime time slot and it's not going to be localized or blackout on the app, then hey, that that's a really if you know that the Packers are are playing the Seahawks, which you know I guess in the past has been a better game than it would be this year. But let's use that for an example. And you want to watch that, but instead, you know you're seeing the Cowboys take on the the Broncos. Yeah, you can just pull out your phone and and flip it to that instead, I, or watch both at the same time. Which again wasn't a possibility. You just kind of had to wait for those those highlights at halftime or something like yeah. that. So I think that is that is really cool. I think that's a big possibility for that. But of course the all twenty two is is pretty dang exciting as well. Yeah, so fourth I think that four thirty being included in there is pretty big because uh, you'll be able to watch a lot of games. But again inside of your local market you'll typically get that's huge. say we're kicking off at one, right? You'll always get the four thirty game on CBS, four thirty game on Fox, and you'll be able to watch both of those. So you'll be able to continue to watch those and then some out-of-market 430 games as well, which I think is huge. I don't know how that's going to affect it if your local team is playing at 430, if that's going to change anything. Again, this is just what I've read from the release. We'll see how it actually works out. But I think an interesting way the NFL is stepping into the streaming game, and I think the next step is, for the love of God, streamline the Sunday ticket whenever you get it to this new platform because it is atrocious at the moment. All right, got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Wrapping up our coverage from SEC Media Days. PJ, the, the most important part, at least to us, is you know getting to put our opinion out there and voting inside oh, of yeah. SEC Media Days. You someone, know? someone didn't take that. That's the most important. Okay, let's Insanely talk about seriously. That. So somebody voted for Vanderbilt to finish first place in the East. I like to believe they just kind of screwed up on their computer when they were sliding teams over. Because no that's what man. it is, is. They put a pod over there, and you just have to slide over in the order that you think the team's going to finish. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, maybe somebody like got it backwards. Yeah. They had Georgia finish in seventh, and Vanderbilt finish in first. Like, it's 
I, I choose to believe that, so I'm just not even going to address that as no, a storyline. I have line. so many different theories or on that. Or it's just somebody being a jerk. Well, that's exactly what it is, man. It's uh, people, people know they're going to talk about it. I, literally, I had a friend. I had a friend. Not only, like, at first, he was like, he sent me the quote from the Vanderbilt coach. It was like, what do they know that we don't? And I was yeah. like, they, they don't. They're just, it's ridiculous, and, and they're just saying that to say that. And then he was like, I'm telling you, someone knows something we don't with the first place vote. With, with Vanderbilt. He sent me that. And I'm like, listen, the only reason why they put a first place vote for Vanderbilt, or th- there's two reasons, could be. One, they lost a bet. Or two, we're doing exactly... Or maybe Clark Lee no, fired no, no, no. him up with his speech. No, we're doing exactly what they want us to do, and we're talking about it, man. In in our text right now, we're talking about that one person Clark Lee, like, who, who said some ridiculous like thing. Somebody and said, "Make your vote for us." No, man. It's, now we're it's, talking about Vanderbilt. Here's like, you know how funny this is going to be. Let, let me. I'm going to vote Vanderbilt number one. See what happens. Yeah. And and now it's getting talked about. Or like Georgia, like slighted them when they like wanted to get a player, and they're like, "Yeah, well, you, you don't you don't vote for me. I don't vote for you." Yeah, here what? we go. No, uh, but we do have some stats to get to. So Alabama has predict, been predicted to win the SEC championship, right? Uh, I Man. believe they got 158 votes to be the SEC champ. For comparison, Georgia, pretty dang good team, defending national championships, received 18. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. So out of over 170 voters, only 18 believe that Georgia will win the SEC championship. 158 are like, yeah, it's going to be Bama. Yeah, hey, 17 more than Vanderbilt, <laughs> Perkins, and Thomas. Uh, here's where it gets interesting. Since 1992, the media has only predicted the SEC champion correctly nine times. Wow. Huh. Well, I mean, yeah, that is pretty interesting. Nine times. Alabama has been picked to win the SEC. You care to guess how many years in a row now? Uh. I mean, their real dominance started in, like, 2008, so uh, 12 12 years in a row. row. Yeah. 12 years in a row, Alabama has been predicted to win the SEC. But I did want to talk about some of the players on the first team because, again, I'm just hoping that people just weren't paying attention or got something wrong because Jermaine Burton, I like Jermaine Burton. I think he's a really good football player. Sure. He's not one of the top two wide receivers in the SEC. Okay. He wasn't one of the top two or top, I'd say, 10 players in the SEC last year. Players or? Wide receivers even. Yeah, that's, in that's the SEC, what I was right? going to ask. And right now he is a first team all SEC prediction. Yeah, Bryce Young is a quarterback. Tank Bigsby is a running back. Jameer Gibbs, I get. Sure, right? of course, yeah. Kayshawn Boutte, Absolutely <laughs> yeah. should be up there. Dude is a walking touchdown. Love seeing him rocking the number seven this year as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. Walking touchdown. Yeah. Brock Bowers is a tight end. We can argue about offensive linemen, even though I thought it was awesome to see Warren McClendon get recognized as a first-team tackle because I believe he is a first-team tackle. Any conversation about a Marius Mims replacing him needs to be put to bed now Yeah. because dude's a first-round pick playing right tackle for you. Calm the hell down. But Jermaine Burton's not a first-team. Second-team, maybe. Yeah. And just because he's on Alabama and you, he's going to see an increased, I guess, targets, mm-hmm. doesn't make him a better player than any of these other guys. Uh, Cedric Tillman, who came second team, all SEC, absolutely deserves that. Yeah. I would agree there. 
I would agree there for sure. Like like you said, maybe I don't know that he's the best team receiver sure. on his own team. Right. Jacory Brooks is probably the better receiver. Yeah. And and just like you said, just because you swap over and you're in a different system with Bryce Young as your quarterback doesn't yeah. automatically make you better. Just an honest question. Was he Georgia's best receiver last year? I could Strictly hear, wide receiver. I could hear most consistent, maybe. Right, but but best overall. Did he ever really separate himself? Uh, I'd put A.D. Mitchell, Kyrus Jackson. Sure. I, that's that's Even the fact that we have to split hairs about that yeah. shows you what you need. You know, I'm I, I, I'm sitting here trying to battle with myself about if he was or not. The fact that we have to think about it, I think, proves yeah. your point, right? And then so, the other one that kind of drove me up a wall, and it's just because people vote for them because it's a name. I think Connor O'Gara talked about this too uh, from Saturday Down South. Henry Toto is not a first-team All-SEC linebacker. Yeah. He's a name you know because yep. he was really good at Tennessee mm-hmm. and on a bad Tennessee team. Transferred to Alabama, so you're like, oh, hell, there goes Alabama. Taking somebody's best player, transfers to Alabama. He's an okay middle linebacker. He was all right. Yeah. No, he's, he tackles a lot of people. Sure. But he catches them. Yeah. Right? He He's a really good run defender, kind of a liability in coverage. I mean, uh, he's the one that uh, Eric Gilbert mossed in the SEC championship. Right. Kind of a liability, and you notice in a lot of situations, he was off the field because of that. But he catches people. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, he'll make that play where he finds the gap. Somebody's trying to stretch one to the outside, and he makes that play at the line of scrimmage. But very rarely is he beating somebody to the spot. He's, he's the guy you rely on. He gets past the first level, and he's catching somebody three, four yards downfield and wrap him up taking him down. He's not a game changer. Right. Alabama's not hurting if he's not on the field. Whereas another guy on his team, and I, okay, I'd put it like three guys over him that are all on second team. Bumper pull at Arkansas is a much better linebacker than him. Yep. Would agree. Brenton Cox, I know they play a different spot, is a more impactful linebacker than him at Florida. But the guy you need to watch out for, because he's probably going to have close to 20 tackles for loss this year, Dallas Turner from Alabama. Okay. We've spoken about him before, but yeah. the play before Stetson hits A.D. Mitchell for the 40-yard touchdown, the guy who just ripped apart Georgia's offensive line and sacked Stetson been as a true freshman in the national championship game, Dallas Turner. Yeah. Will Anderson this past week said gotcha. he's better than he was at that age. Whew. And Will That's Anderson crazy. might be the best defensive player Nick Saban's ever had. It's crazy high praise. Yeah. yeah Dallas him. Turner should absolutely be first team all SEC, and he will be at the end of the year. I would not be surprised if Alabama has two All Americans off that defense. Right. That play pretty much the same position, but are bookending. True. Because who are you going to block? Yeah. No, have fun. They're both going to eat. It's, it's a lot like, even though, you know, Will Anderson, again, had a better year than, than this guy last yeah. year. It's a lot like Michigan's pair that they had last year. Where it's like, okay, have fun blocking, trying to block Aiden Hutchinson. Now look at the other side and what you got to deal with there. I wanna, I, I'd say it's better. I'm not, I'm not comparing. Oh I'm not comparing. So much better. Right. I'm not comparing in that way where yeah. it's like, oh, you're saying they're, they're only going to be as good as. No, 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 no. I'm just comparing it and giving an example. That's yeah. it. Calm down, Alabama. I want to start fans. a new segment or just a new <laughs> thing here where it's called, hey, Christian told me about him. Right. So yeah. when you're watching football this this fall and you're like, oh, Christian told me about him. I want oh, that's to start that guy. Christian told me about him. We're going we're yeah. to start a new segment. we got to take a break, though. We'll come back and get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio was presented to you by the Uniform Source. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. PJ, it's hilarious how all this stuff works. 
Arch Manning is supposed to be the guy, the greatest quarterback to ever come out of high school. I'm not saying he won't be. As soon as he commits, immediately drops to the number two quarterback per ESPN <laughs> Always. in the 2023 class. Never fails. Happened to Trevor Lawrence, too. Got to keep that hype train yeah, up. You, you got you to keep it going. Malachi Nelson, now the number one overall player per ESPN. Love, love how that works. Speaking of love, three and out. Coming up next, Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas taking you all the way to 6 o'clock.